Hey, welcome to the Resolve Podcast, episode number 52. I'm Carly Tisano, a New Year's resolution coach obsessed with all things goal setting, personal development, coaching, and of course, resolutions. One of my biggest goals is to help you reach yours. I'm here to provide the tools, support, and inspiration you need to reach your goals this year and every year, and to feel supported every day along the way. Today, we are talking to one of my very best friends who I am so excited to be getting to share with you and have her share her wisdom and knowledge and expertise in an area we haven't yet delved into on the podcast, but one that is vitally important to all of us because we all have homes. We all live our lives within the context of our homes and being able to ensure that our homes reflect our style and are someplace that we feel safe and secure and that we actually want to be is of vital importance. And of course, we dive into all of that in this episode, as well as so many tangible tips and tricks about interior decorating and design and DIY projects from my very sweet friend, Caitlin. So Caitlin Bell is an innate perfectionist who sincerely appreciates a well-designed and organized space. Her passion for design, which has consistently stuck with her since she was young, led her to pursue a degree in interior design through Bell College. Her aspiration for every project she undertakes is to bring harmony and function to a space through exemplary design. So Caitlin shares exactly how we can emulate her and bring exemplary design into our homes to this interview today. And so without further ado, here is my interview with Caitlin Bell. Caitlin, thank you so much for coming to share on the podcast today. Can you share a little bit about yourself and everything that led you to where you are today? Well, it's great to be on the podcast with you. (laughs) I am a design student. I am currently studying interior design. And it is something that kind of had a passion for, for, I don't know, as long as I can remember. I've always been fascinated by architecture and houses. And I just really like how design combines creativity and practicality to Mm. rejuvenate spaces that we use every single day. Yeah, so that is why I love design and why I'm pursuing it. And I also am a barista. I work at Starbucks and it is such a fun job creating drinks and connecting with customers. And I do love drinking coffee. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> Very on brand with being from Seattle. I feel yes. like it's hard to grow up in Seattle and not have worked at Starbucks. I feel like that's a gap on my resume that that should (laughs) be on there somewhere. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, definitely. No, I'm glad I got to like get into it because it's really fun. And then I also organize with you, (laughs) which is really fun. And it also incorporates design a little Mm -hmm. bit as well, but yeah. Yeah, I know. I always tell clients when they're like, so we need a little help, like picking out pieces or design stuff. I'm like, do not worry. I have a girl for that. (laughs) Not me, (laughs) but I have someone who can help you however you need. And it is so fun because having known you for decades now, (laughs) design really does go all the way back for you. Like I remember growing up, we would get those CDs, like the computer programs where you could draw the walls and Mm -hmm. do interior design on some basic level. And then you used to make like houses and detailed props for your American girl dolls. And I was just always amazed by that, the stuff you could do and create for them. So it has been a passion that really has only developed. And so it has never surprised me that this is where you've ended up the path that you're on, but it's certainly not in my area of expertise. (laughs) But that's why I wanted you to come and share on the podcast about design and styling our home and all of that stuff that I think is important because like you said, it's the spaces we use every day. So how can we make them more functional and more beautiful to reflect at least who we want to think that we are? (laughs) They definitely like the interior affects like the way we feel is so Mm -hmm. like important. 
Yeah, absolutely. Can you share for those of us who don't know what is interior design? Okay. So interior design is different than interior decoration. It often mm-hmm. it, people mix the terms together, but interior decorating is painting walls, messing with furniture, throw pillows, things like that. While interior design is planning and organizing the architectural aspect of the interior space. So it encompasses walls, like placing walls, changing walls, plumbing, electrical. You do still incorporate like furniture and stuff. And oftentimes you even go a little bit deeper in designing furniture for the specific space Mm -hmm. to utilize every square foot of the space that you're working with. And yeah, just organizing and coordinating everything. So what you're saying is that when you like live in a house and you get so mad because there's not an electrical outlet where there should be, like you can blame the interior designer. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) that is correct. But then that means that every rightly placed outlet and the way that the sink and the dishwasher and the oven and the refrigerator flows, like all of that you get full credit for. So yes, definitely. <laughs> Windows, not so much. Sometimes okay. it can be placed really weirdly, but if you have a designer, interior designer working with an architect, then you should be getting the right placement. <laughs> okay. Some of us probably need to knock some walls down in our home, maybe move a window, <laughs> do something more on scale of a remodel or a total rebuild. But yes. what are some tips that you have for making the most of the space that people people have maybe some more of the decorating aspect, but probably some design aspect too. So what tips do you have for people in that way? Yeah. So first thing is fill it with things that you love and things Mm -hmm. that you want to look at. I feel like that is really important because if your favorite color is green and you have a green throw pillow or green couch, it's going to just change your mood and change the mm. space a little bit and be like, oh, wow, I really like that color. And every mm. single time you see it, you're like, yes, I really like it. And it'll change like your mood of the space as well. Mm. Also minimizing clutter because it just, <laughs> it can be overwhelming to oh, look yeah. at. So as long as you can minimize that, it's really helpful. And also making a calm space for what you spend your time in. And then also get creative. So sometimes going outside of the box of just your typical, like, oh, this is where you place a couch. Like maybe put it on a different wall or put it in the middle of the room, change Mm. it up a little bit. Or just going to home goods and being like, these are the pillows they have. So I guess these are the pillows (laughs) that I'm going to have for the next 10 years. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Be okay with changing it up or getting something that you might not necessarily have gotten before because your style will change over time too. So yeah, be open to getting new stuff and being creative. How do you define your style? Like, how do you find what that is, especially as it's changing? So like it's work we do now, but we're probably going to have to do it on an ongoing basis. Yeah, of course. So uh, to define your style, definitely notice the things that you gravitate towards. So I like to go onto Pinterest (laughs) and I like to save ideas and I will look through my home board and see the similarities between each of the pins Mm. that I have. And there's definitely similarities in the current ones that I have saved right now. And then through those, you can see those similarities and determine your style through that. And once you find like connecting elements, then you'll be able to define the style with a name to it. Mm. So if you know those names, so like rustic farmhouse or classic traditional Mm. or boho, you'll see those elements and then you'll be able to figure out what it is. And sometimes it's a mix of styles. Mm. So you can have Scandinavian and farmhouse 
or rustic and modern. Like those can be mixed together. And I guess that's where kind of the individuality comes out, right? It's the elements that you like together as opposed to just, I want a house that looks like it came straight out of Fixer Upper, which I guess you could, but. (laughs) Yeah. And some people love that. (laughs) Some people want exactly that. But if you want a little bit more variety, a little bit more you, then I guess you have to be willing to step outside that box. And I'm with you. You can go back on my home boards on Pinterest and you can see Mm -hmm. how my style has changed over time. Mm -hmm. I'm curious because there's kind of two parts of it. It's like, I want this exact living room Mm -hmm. or I want like the vibe of this living room. Yeah. So my boards encompass both. Mm -hmm. So should we lean to one over the other? Is it trying to marry the two? What do you think? I think it really depends on what you want specifically. Mm -hmm. So some people will want just the exact same thing. Sometimes I do. I'll look at a pan. I'm like, I just want that whole room. Right. I want that couch. I want that rug. But sometimes it is like just the way that it makes you feel. So finding those elements in that space or in mm-hmm. that picture and figuring out which elements are making you feel the way that you feel. Yeah. I think it works either way mm-hmm. <laughs> and it depends on the person. And I guess that's the important part is like defining what you like about it, whether it is, I like the couch or it's something more like emotional of, I like the element that all the plants give, like the earthy grounding feeling or something, because then that's what you can like copy and paste, or at least replicate in some form in your own home. Yeah. So that makes sense. So if you have identified, these are changes I want to make, or I want to start moving towards a living room that looks more like this. Do you just go buy the couch or is there other kind of interim steps there? Yeah, you absolutely love the couch. You can definitely go and buy it. (laughs) (laughs) But I definitely like to have a plan with things. Yeah, determining whether you like that couch or not or if it's the vibe. You figure that out first. And then you can set out a plan. So you can be like, hey, I'm going to change out that couch. So I will put it on my list to buy that couch. And then changing the other elements in the space, Mm. I will figure out what else in that picture or the vibe that I really like. And then I'll figure out, oh, I need some plants. So I'll add that to the list. I need wood elements. So how can I incorporate wood elements? Is that with faces, picture frames, shelving, things like that. And I'll add that to the list on ideas. Once I have accumulated lists, and I can also do like a mood board in a way, so I can add those pictures from all that. So I can see visually how it all goes together. Then I will narrow down the list and then go and get those items that I need and then put it all together. (laughs) Love it. I love it. I'm curious about this too, because I think you see this more with like closet. Like you're like, if I had that one dress or that one outfit, like that's all I would ever need. I would just feel so good every time I wore it. And so you go get it and you put it on and you like wear it out of the house and you're like, I don't know. So if people replicate their Pinterest dream in their living room and they have all of the pieces and it's still not feeling quite right, what do they do then? Usually if it's completely replicated, you might not have those like personal details in there. So go through the space and see what's missing. So maybe it's pictures or artwork. Yeah. Making it really tailored to you and to what you want, what is you, not just what you saw on Pinterest. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So incorporating those personal details, usually it's with pictures or artwork. Maybe you have instruments. Ooh. Ooh, Yeah. That throw blanket your grandma made or. That's what I was just going to say. Throw blanket. (laughs) This is what happens when you're friends. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's really true. And I think there's also that level, like beyond that though, if you just don't feel like at home at your home, in your home, 
Mm. even after you've made sure it really does reflect your style and what you want. Like there's deeper level work to do there about your safety and your presence and your security. But it is really magical. I think when you have a home where you love to be, I know that I've been struck by that really recently because we get all these messages like to go out and to travel and to do things. And it is awesome to do all of those things, but it's also really amazing to have a home where you enjoy being and somewhere you can spend all the rest of your time anyway, and somewhere (laughs) that you actually want to be instead of feeling like you have to leave there, the place where you want to feel the most secure, just like to go out and not have to be home. Mm Yeah. Yeah. So it is worth it, whatever that level of work is for you, whether it is like redoing the Pinterest pin into your living room Mm -hmm. or figuring out what it is you need to feel secure at home, like whichever it is or combination of both, I think that's really valid work to do. (laughs) Anyway, moving on to lighter subjects. (laughs) Um, So it's nice if we can go and buy the $3,000 $3,000 or $10,000 couch and redo our entire living room. But are there other like simple design changes that we can implement that dramatically change the feel of a space or that are just worth implementing? Yeah. So one would be painting, which I recently did. Okay. Um, yeah. Paint can change the feel and the aesthetic of a room instantaneously. Mm. And color has a really interesting, almost psychological aspect Yeah. because certain colors will promote certain moods or feelings within us so choosing certain colors for a room either it's calming or energetic can totally like drastically change it what color did you choose and why I chose so I went from a blue to an off-white because it provides a little bit more flexibility in the space to mm-hmm. play with accent colors with pillows and blankets and things like that and then it's also still a very warm color, mm-hmm. and which I really like. Yeah. <laughs> I really wanted to go dark, like a dark green, but then it, I felt like it would make the room a little too small since the turkey is small. So I went with the complete opposite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have yes. seen some of those like dark green bedrooms on Pinterest though. Ugh, so, so, nice. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely part of my evolving style. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Any so, other simple changes? Yes. Paint is a so, great art on the walls, Mm. if it's your own that you've created or something you found on Etsy or home goods, something like that, just throwing it up, they'll add a little bit of color and change things to the space as well. Even a very popular one right now is like baskets or macrame, those kind of things that add like a little bit of softness to the room, but also fills up wall space as well. Mm. Yeah. So kind of like the focal point stuff. If you have a room without a focal point, that will make a dramatic change. Definitely. Yes. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Also lighting is very important. Mm. (laughs) It definitely changes the feeling of a room. Especially as winter approaches. Definitely. (laughs) I prefer lamps over overhead lighting just because it's more of a cozy feeling. Mm -hmm. And I definitely lean towards cozy in my own design. But yeah. And then the tone of the light. So if it's a cool toned or warm tone, it will also change the feeling of the room. Yeah. And that's a pretty simple change, like just changing bulbs. Change bulbs. Yeah. Yeah. It's Mm. crazy how different it can be, but very important. Mm. And one of my favorite aspects of design, actually. (laughs) Yeah. And so if you prefer lamps to overhead lighting, I guess that means like more outlets as opposed to like electrical 
wiring (laughs) in your designs at least yes yes (laughs) and you can do like wall sconces can be wired yes that feels like easy you can change it around too yeah that's true (laughs) nothing is forever your style's gonna change your home will too that's so true there's a couple more so changing accents so Mm -hmm. hello doorknobs sometimes or like dresser Ooh. door holes those can be an easy change pretty inexpensive and if you hate it after you change it then you can easily change it yes <laughs> again those are good but yeah colors and that kind of stuff and then just simplifying so using Less. baskets or storage organization to like hide the clutter right. <laughs> so, yeah In all the spaces we've organized, there's nothing like less stuff or at least less stuff visibly that can just take a room from like a hundred, just straight down to zero. And you just take chaos to calm. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It's so different. And that's ultimately, I think you want your house to reflect your style, but to have a place where you can feel really centered and calm and that isn't spinning you up into more and more craziness and like all the things you have to do. Like that makes such a big difference. For sure. So you not only have always been into design, but you have also tackled some pretty big DIY projects, wide ranging with the help of like your dad and YouTube and has been amazing to see and to watch them develop. I know you're getting ready for another DIY project, like maybe even next week. So (laughs) I'm curious what holds most other people back, including me from tackling DIY projects? Yeah. With myself, I've noticed it's time commitment. Mm, So if you don't have the time to do it, you're probably not going to do it (laughs) or even start it. Learning curve. Sometimes you might not know how to even do something. So you have to take the time to learn how to do it, or it can be just very intimidating and you don't even want to try to learn it. And then also unsure of where to start, which kind Mm. of ties into that. You don't really have a plan. You don't know what the first step should be and just seems very daunting and overwhelming. Yeah. It just never starts. Well, and so if someone falls into any or all of those categories, like they can very validly choose DIY projects or not for me. And that's fine. But I think there's a lot of people who want to try their hand at things. Like they want to do the bathroom remodel or they want to build like raised garden beds in their backyard and not easy inherently. Those things are totally doable for people on their own and you can get help when you need to, and you can turn to YouTube to learn the things. But so what do you think is the first step for people when starting a DIY project? Definitely creating a plan. <laughs> okay. Yes. Sounds yes. important. <laughs> That's like the most important one. Because once you have a plan, then you can move on to next steps and then put it on your calendar and mm-hmm. then it actually like starts rolling. But yeah, figure out what your plan is, figure out what you need to learn, what videos you need to watch. If you need to watch anything in that plan, you'll have materials list. And I think just like knowing every step that you're going to go through before starting it also helps a lot mm-hmm. because you know that you're going to be prepared once you actually start the project mm-hmm. and you're not going to have to like stop to figure something out or go get something that you forgot at the store, which you might have to. And I have learned <laughs> those <laughs> mistakes too, but yeah, definitely having a plan helps. And that's a nice first step too, because it's not like you've cut the block of wood and you can't go back now. You can yeah. make your plan and decide this is a bit too ambitious for me. I am not actually going to do this. Or you might complete your plan and be like, I could totally do this. And then the steps are like pretty clearly laid out. You need to do and an estimate of how much time it'll take. I don't think we're ever totally accurate on those things, but but 
a better idea than you would have before you made the plan, but it's the optimal position, I think, to start the DIY project from or to back out of it. So I think that's a great point. Yeah. It also gives you like a clear picture of what you can handle and what you'll need a professional for. So if you are redoing a bathroom, like I did a couple years ago, there's some things that we didn't really want to mess with, like yeah. plumbing. Right. <laughs> so we had a plumber come in and take care of that because we're not going to learn that. <laughs> they don't want to mess anything up. That would right. Be bad. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. That electrical, like that. that kind of stuff. <laughs> Unless you're trained, which if you yes. are, we will be hiring you. Yeah, we will pay you. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Okay, so that ties into the next question. Like we okay. just named some categories of where if you aren't particularly trained in an area and your DIY project includes yeah. those elements, you're probably going to want to turn to someone else. But when other times when someone is undertaking a project on their own, when should they turn to a designer or a contractor for help? Yeah. If you're feeling overwhelmed, definitely mm. you can turn to them and be like, hey, I just need a plan. Like I need help figuring this out. They can lay that out for you. And that kind of helps you get a little bit more confidence that you know you can do it. That's true. Because <laughs> you have that professional guidance a little bit, even though they're not just like doing the space for you, but they're giving you those like pointers and like the head start. I love that too, because I think the hardest thing for most of us a lot of times is asking for help. And so if you like bust through that barrier first, you're like, I'm willing to ask for help with this. Then if you need help later, you know who to turn to, or you're at least going to be more willing to ask for help because you already did. And it doesn't mean anything about you or your ability to complete this project. So yeah, I think that's a very, a good guideline. If you're feeling overwhelmed, ask for the help that you need. Yes, (laughs) definitely. Yeah. And then if your, you view your time is more valuable than mm. the cost of a project, you can definitely turn to the professionals, the contractors those who can do it way faster than you and it's worth the money for. Right. Yeah. Or probably less with contractors, unless you're like building a whole home, but if you have a designer who you love their style and the work that they do, like, then mm-hmm. why wouldn't you hire them? If you want your house to end up looking like something they created, you could replicate it on your own, or you can tap their expertise and success and experience and take full advantage of that. Definitely. (laughs) Yeah. So good. Okay. And we've talked a lot about Pinterest because I know that's a fan favorite between you and me, but are there any other sources of design inspiration that people can or should turn to beyond Pinterest? Beyond Pinterest. That one's hard (laughs) because I love my Pinterest. Yeah. But yeah, so in, I got an entire list from one of my professors, but I don't have in front of me right now, but it is a list of a bunch of design magazines. Mm, Some of them you can access online because everything's online these days. But one of the ones that I subscribed to when I first started in school was Interior Design Magazine. And it has a lot of good commercial and home spaces and very unique styles within them. It's fun to look at and be like, oh, that's a really creative idea. I would have never thought of that. Like making a curved wall in the middle of the house. Right. Don't really okay, think of that usually. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or adding texture to the space through like a slotted wall. I don't know. There's yeah. a bunch of crazy ideas in there, but that's really fun to look through. They have I'm pretty sure you can access it online as well. And then I also really went to Instagram and following designers on there. There's one that I really like her style. Nesting with Grace that has a very cozy vibe to it. Yeah, I think that's true. Well, and that's where you can get ideas and inspiration and maybe find people to hire too. (laughs) 
exactly. Yes. Yeah. And you can also message them and be like, Hey, like, what are some pointers? Mm. Well, and where did you find that couch? <laughs> because yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Okay. Perfect. We're going to transition into the resolution round and okay. talk about goals and resolutions. And you know how this goes because you're a podcast listener. So do you set goals and resolutions? And if so, what is that process like for you? I do set goals. Yeah. I don't know about resolution. I guess it's okay. similar, but <laughs> I do set goals throughout the year, just randomly. Yeah. <laughs> but it usually consists of writing things down that I would rather be doing in the moment of something that I'm doing. I don't really want to be doing because <laughs> my mind wanders. So yeah, I write it down and then later I can be like, oh, what do I want to do right now? And then I can look at that list. But after having it on a list, then moving it to the calendar is really important for me because mm. if I don't do that, it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's just going to be stuck on the wish list. How do you prioritize stuff when putting it on your calendar? If you have a whole list of stuff and you have to fit it in, is yeah. there like a metric that you use to decide what goes where? If there's something that has a time limit on it, then I'll put mm. that up front. So right now I'm working on something at work called Coffee Academy, and it's where you get to learn a little bit more about the sourcing and farming part of coffee and as well as the craft so making latte art and things like that but I have a time limit on that because we're doing activities at work related to it so I have to get that done by next week <laughs> so that is on the top of my list right now to complete but yeah and then just figuring out other things is what I whatever I'm in the mood for at that moment so I'm like hey I really want to learn guitar I will put that on my list at mm. the very top yeah like, okay hey, I'm just gonna work on it whenever I get a chance mm -hmm. and that's what I did last October I started it finally Love after it. having it hanging on my roll for five years <laughs> yeah I definitely agree with you though like the best time to create a to-do list or to come up with things you want to do is try to focus on something else and then your brain yeah. will go crazy yeah yes it's <laughs> <But this laughs> always when you have commitments that you're supposed to be doing <laughs> right but that's a great way to take advantage of that like, don't view it necessarily as a bad thing although you do probably have to like keep focusing on doing the other thing you need to do but take advantage of that and yeah. the insights that that gives you into yourself and what you want to do and then wow. act on those things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the nice part of writing it down in the moment is that once you have written down, then you can take it off your mind and be like, Hey, yes. I won't forget uh, about yes. it. It's on paper. I can look at it later. I know so, that's the worst. It helps with right. staying on track with things. As your brain is like spinning and you're like, yeah. I'm removing these things from circulation. So I have room for this thing I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. My brain's exactly. the same way. <laughs> okay. What is the biggest goal or resolution that you've set and completed? Okay, so the biggest goal that I set and completed was starting my coffee critique page at yes. the beginning of this year. <laughs> you kind of like pushed me at the very end, <laughs> but in a good way. And I actually talked about that on the podcast. I toasted you about yes, that you goal. Did. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was probably the biggest thing that I wanted to get started this year. It was an idea that was lingering around for about a year before I actually took action on it. And then December last year, I'm like, okay, I'm going to write a plan. I'm going to get this done yes. by January. <laughs> and then in January, I got my first post up and I've been posting ever since. And it hasn't been like every single week or anything like that. But when I get a chance to, I'll post on there. And it's really yeah. fun. Yeah. So you're traveling yeah. around the county, trying coffee and posting about all the places and the blends that you love, basically. Yes. 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 Finding out my 
favorite roast in the area yes. and also cutest coffee shops because yes. Caps Incorporated designed into that too. And then her lucky friends like me get to tag along. Yes. And- yes. It's a fun <laughs> way to incorporate friends into it too, because it's, yeah. it doesn't have to be a solo activity. It can be with people. It can be with one person. It can be with a couple people. And if there's, if I can't think of something to do with someone, then it'll be like, Hey, let's go try let's- this new coffee shop. <laughs> yes. And yeah. in the Seattle area, no shortage of coffee shops. Oh yeah. The there's plenty over there. That's a whole nother book of possibilities. So I know that you're continuing to work on that as time allows, but what is another goal or goals that you're working on right now? Yeah. So right now, as I mentioned previously, I am refreshing my room. So I recently painted it, but it has been on my list for a couple months and I'm finally doing it. I'm like, I have to do it for Put it on the calendar. (laughs) Yes, it's on the calendar. If I don't do it before school starts, it's probably not going to happen during school. Yes. <laughs> it's very consuming. But yeah, so got the first step done. Paint is on the wall. It's dried. <laughs> and what's the next step? Next step, hopefully, is building a bed frame. I have it diagrammed out. I have a little plan. Next step would be looking at wood and figuring out prices and what all I need for that. But, so DIY meets yeah. design right here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yes. I love it. Yes. Okay. So every week on the podcast, we encourage listeners to resolve to consider something or experiment or take some action. So what would you encourage listeners to resolve to do? So I would encourage listeners to resolve to step out of their comfort zone, whether that is with design or a DIY project. Don't let the unknown hold you back from mm. trying it out. Because you learn so much through trying. Even if it's, I'm never going to do that again. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) And then you can be like, knowledge. Exactly. Yeah. You're like, I won't waste my time on this in the future. Or I will hire a contractor or a designer to do that in the future. But it could ignite a passion in you or teach you something about yourself or the project you're working on. Yeah. That's a great one. I love it. Okay. And then confetti questions just for fun so that our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. What time do you get up? Okay. It varies with work. (laughs) It's like all over the place with that. But ideally, if I don't have to get up at a certain time, it is around 8 a.m. is when I naturally get. Yes. That's like such a lovely time. And for people who don't know, Starbucks openers have to be there at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not always opening, so it's all over the place. Yeah. Fortunately. (laughs) When do you do your best work then? I do my best work. Okay. I had an answer before and then I marked it out and changed it. Okay. <laughs> so I originally had evening because that's when I do my best creative work, mm. like uninterrupted, but most of the time I am asleep in the evening now. So yeah. <laughs> I moved it to morning because that is, I also get a lot of good work done. As long as it's uninterrupted time, yeah. I can get a lot done. And either, either way, that's important too, to acknowledge that flexibility and to be like, I am very creative in the evenings, but I don't have evenings right now. So I'm making mornings work. And then maybe someday in the future, when you don't work at Starbucks, you'll figure out if evenings can work better, if you can maximize those for creativity. But just because you don't have evenings doesn't mean you can't still get stuff done and be creative. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. (laughs) What is the best piece of advice you've been given? You can't wait for things to happen to you. You have to make it happen yourself. (laughs) Very good. Very true. What do you do to rest? I don't know. It's always varying. But the number one thing is ditching my phone. So leaving it on the charger in a different room. As long as it as long as it's not next to me or in the same room, I can pretty much just Mm. relax. Whatever I'm doing, whether that's watching TV, reading a book. 
hang out with a friend. So it, do you find being on your phone exhausting? Yes. <laughs> like o- overstimulating? Yeah. Yeah. It's overstimulating. It's interesting how draining it can be. Just having the constant, oh, am I getting a notification or why am I not getting notifications? And I think for a lot of us, it's that constant symbol of like more work to do, especially as notifications are coming in. You're like, oh yeah, I need to do that. Or that just got posted or clients emailing me about that. And that's all good doing all of that work, but it is really hard to rest. You're right. When we have that constant, like beeping, buzzing, vibrating next to us. Yes. Okay. Favorite beverage. I feel like I could guess, but I'll let you answer. (laughs) I feel like it's always varying, but at the moment for fall, it is mm. chai. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, and favorite TV show. It better not be what I'm thinking of. <laughs> I think it's on my list, but I won't say it. You <laughs> can, if you have a list, you can list them all. Okay. I, I have a couple. You. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. Okay. So Virgin River. <sighs> I know <laughs> you don't like it, but it's so like Hallmark-esque, but not, I don't know. Yeah. You love Hallmark, so I'll give it to you. <laughs> yeah. The filming and the videography on it is very aesthetically pleasing and goes with my style, like yeah. mountain, like yeah. Pacific Northwest. I love it. But if I'm not doing Virgin River, if it's something else, <laughs> <laughs> then I really like Frasier. Yes. Classic. So Caitlin is the friend who made me put Frasier on my list this year and got me started and saw me through. We had so much to talk about as I watched it and loved it. (laughs) And now I've got her watching Big Bang Theory, which is. Yes, that is true. I'm watching through that now. Season three already. Yes. And now that we've seen like news about a potential Frasier reboot that sort of sounds like happening, we'll have to be watching that together in the future whenever it comes out. (laughs) Okay. Book that has had the greatest impact on your life. Okay. I can't come up with one that has had the greatest impact on my life, but most recent one that I've read that had really good applicable points in it was Find Your People. Like I said, it has really good actionable steps and things that you can incorporate into your life in creating those deeper friendships or just connecting with the people around you that's in your everyday life. And what book are you currently reading? I'm currently reading Poison for Breakfast by Lemony Snicket. Classic. (laughs) Yes, yes. So I loved the series of unfortunate events growing up. So I had to look or try out his newest book. (laughs) And what is a win that you're currently celebrating that we can toast with you? Current win is actually working on my room. (laughs) (laughs) Actually getting it done. Refreshing it. Yeah, I can see it in your background and it's looking great. I can't wait to see the <laughs> final product before too long. And where can people go to find more information about you and your work and all the amazing things that you're doing? Yeah, so if you want to see all the coffee shops that I'm finding, I am Grounded Critique on Instagram. And then if you want to see all of my boards on Pinterest, it's going to be Caitlin Bell and it's K eight L Y N dot B-E-L. Perfect. I will link to all of that for people to check out your style and your coffee taste. Of course, (laughs) if they find themselves in our area, they'll have to go and try all those places that you recommend. But (laughs) thank you, Caitlin, for, of course, listening to the podcast, but now coming on to share your expertise with all of the other listeners. And I love talking to you and hanging out with you, but it's (laughs) fun to do it in this new and unique context. So thank you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. (laughs) 
And that's a wrap on my interview with Caitlin Bell. It was so fun to have her come on to share with all of you and <laughs> to give you a glimpse a little bit into our relationship and friendship. She is someone that I am continually turning to in real life off the podcast for advice and direction as I seek to ensure that my home and spaces reflect me and the life that I want to live. So I'm constantly asking for her advice and opinions, and I'm so grateful to have her as one of those people that I can turn to and ask not only for links, but also for personal advice. And she knows me so well and my evolving style, so she is definitely one of those people who has helped me to bring my vision to life throughout the years. And I'm so excited for all of the projects that I'm sure we will undertake and collaborate on and share with each other in the future. So I hope that you too can find those people in your life or in the great space of the internet who can help you define your style, to live it out, who encourage you to step out of your comfort zone, to try to evolve yourself to the next level, whatever that may be, whether that includes DIY projects or not. But I so appreciated having Caitlin come on to share and to have so many important conversations about so many things. And so I hope that you will go and undertake projects, design your space, and maybe just do something that is a little bit outside of your comfort zone. And with that, thanks for tuning in to the Resolve Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Carly Desano. I would love to connect with you. Don't forget to rate and review. It really helps other people find the show. And subscribe if you haven't already so that you don't miss another great episode next week. For the show notes or additional support in reaching your goals, check out carlydesano.com. Until next time, here's to all that lies ahead.